Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the 204060 podcast. Trevor Lovingood, 20s. Jeff Mims, 40s almost. And Gene Mims, yours truly, 60s. No doubt about it. Listen, just to give you a perspective here, uh, today, a gallon of milk costs $3.50. In my day, the year I was born, would you believe 20 cents a gallon? Oh, 20 cents a gallon. In Jeff's day, $1.68 a gallon. And Trevor's day, two seventy eight. So we're we're far, far apart. I'll tell you one thing. We're far apart in, in age, but we have the same passion. Uh, we love the Lord. We love people. Uh, we love the church. We love serving together. And it's a journey for us. It really is. So today, we've got a, a kind of an interesting uh, podcast. It's one that I think is important. And this is it. Uh, how do you have satisfaction? How, how do you ever come to a point in your life or is there a possibility that you could come to a point in time in your life where you can really be satisfied? Now, that's an interesting question because you got three type A people here at this table that grind away differently, but uh, let's just chase it. What about it, Trevor or Jeff? Can you be satisfied in this life? The Rolling Stones said no. I can't get no satisfaction. Yeah. They they answered that question for us. End of podcast, I guess. Uh, I, I think it depends on what you're chasing. And uh, for a lot of us, it's how we would define satisfaction. I don't know. Trevor, what do you think about that one? Uh, I think you can. How so? I, I fully think that you can be satisfied uh, right now uh, if, you, if you choose to be. I think, mm. you know, I think satisfaction is a sliding scale. And I'll tell you why. Because when you're young... Uh, it's the dissatisfaction that makes you go to college or makes you get a career or go to work because uh, you want a car, you want you know, you want something. And so the dissatisfaction is pretty good. I don't have this. And there is a level of satisfaction when you get something that you've, uh, you've been striving for. So you get that car, you bought the car, it's on your own, you know, or whatever else. That's great. I want to be married. There's a, there's a level of satisfaction there. But don't you think satisfaction comes with uh, what you really view about yourself, who you are, and your identity, I guess you'd say like that? Well, I think that's being defined pretty pretty broadly right now because uh, one of the things that we talk about all the time, working with millennials here at the church and in our role as we have several even pastors on our staff who are millennial age below below us, is that the traditional things that used to satisfy people mean almost nothing to them. So you'll say to you know Trevor's generation, hey, would you rather have $2,000 in a raise or an extra two days off? Nine, nine out of ten, what are they going to say? Give me the days. I don't want the money. Keep it. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't mean the same. It's different. Why do you think that is? Uh, I think what we're, seeing, um, we're seeing our parents. We're seeing our, the people that have gone ahead of us, and they're never more satisfied now than they were and typically you know if they're older if they've already if they've gotten to a place where uh, I guess they've reached retirement maybe um, they're not any happier and so I, I'm trying to live it's really about living for right now because you know scripture says we're not promised tomorrow but I don't think we're necessarily as a, as a culture thinking about scripture necessarily as a whole but we're definitely thinking about the people that have gone before us and all that they put into their life and how little maybe they are getting out of their life. What would bring you personally satisfaction? Where's your satisfaction quotient? I mean, where is it? My, my satisfaction is, uh, am I living the dream now? Like, am, mm. it, what is my dream for my life, and am I currently living it now? Because if I'm not living it now, then I'm not living life to its fullest capabilities. I'm not living life the way maybe that it even should be lived. 
Um, has that changed since you've been married and now you have a, a little daughter? I mean, does that change any? Does that affect it or what? I don't. I think the uh, I think the dream may change, mm. but I don't think it stops me from having an opportunity to be a part of that dream now. What's the dream? I think the dream for me personally is uh, is not necessarily a point in the future, but it is uh, but it is being on the journey with the people that I desperately want to be on the journey with, taking maybe taking a step forward today, a uh, step forward tomorrow. Uh, setting goals and setting dreams out there, but having kind of the disciplines and the ins and outs of every day to 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 realize that I did take a step forward today, and I did do some things that I loved today. Um, and it's more about the dream for me is honestly more about the journey, and it's becoming more about that because then I can, if that's the case, and I'm li- then I can live every day, um, the dream really, the dream situation. What about you, Jeff? Where do you center down on satisfaction? I, I think for me, I, I always feel like I'm a little bit of an odd duck in satisfaction because satisfaction and drive for me, and you know this, has, it has to come intrinsically for me. It is very hard to motivate me from the outside mm-hmm. uh, for, for almost anything. You know, I really, I really have to see it myself to want to go achieve it, and that's led me down some very kind of twisty, weird kind of roads to things that I was really glad that I did but that no one would have maybe predicted that that would be something I would want to do. But it was it was ultimately satisfying for me. But I've also, I guess, maybe experienced, and maybe you guys have too, when you get to the place of satisfaction, almost having a mourning process when you've achieved what you wanted to do, almost not being able to sit on it long enough because you've worked so hard for whatever it is, that degree or – or anything, and I know by the time I was getting, you know, my third degree out of high, you know, done high school, did college, master's, doctorate, the doctorate level work to me meant almost nothing by the time I was done with it. It, it, I was just like, let's get over this and get on with it. It, it, I didn't even walk in that graduation. It was so unmeaningful to me at that point. That wasn't driving me anymore, and almost like you mourn mourn the loss of achieving something all you know I would imagine not that I've ever played sports at a high level but I would imagine as you think about you know this is the month of the Super Bowl you win the Super Bowl and the next day so what yeah I remember Brian Billick when they won he was with the uh, Ravens you know and they uh, won the Super Bowl he said he stayed up all night and he was taking a shower the next morning he said I can't believe I got to go through this again with the probability that we're not going to win the Super Bowl yeah and and he didn't and he got fired like in a a year, a year or two. You know, uh, what you said about satisfaction, I really believe it, and I had to learn this, I really believe that it has everything to do with your identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you, when you can really accept God's grace and the fact that you are who you are mm-hmm. and you can become more, I mean, you can become better and whatever else, but for years my satisfaction was elusive. Mm-hmm. I just had to grow, build, work harder. If they got up at 7, I wanted to be up at 6, uh, you know, if they uh, grew by 10%, I wanted to go by 12. And I always felt like if I wasn't doing that, and, and this is really was a hand-me-down probably from my dad's generation, well, you better go work hard. And, you know, uh, we don't take vacations. We don't, we, don't, we don't do any of those things uh, that you could do. And it took me a long time to get out of like that. Like the competition of who's working the hardest. It is, and it, it was so silly because all of our, you know, all of my uh, peer group and the comparisons – uh, there was no comparison because we were all different and our churches and whatever were all different. Uh, I tell you what, your mom helped me because she's steady. You know, she, she mm-hmm. doesn't have these hangups and here I am beating my head against the wall and she's just kind of shaking her head like, why are you doing this? You know? Yeah. So, 
satisfaction on the one hand, dissatisfaction can be a good motivator. You know, uh, we want to, we, this needs to get better. This family needs to get better or this church or this world and whatever. Uh, but the dream, what Trevor said is pretty good. Let's enjoy this journey mm-hmm. and see where this journey takes us. Uh, and if you do and you're, uh, you know, I, Trevor's got a great self-image. He, he does. And uh, maybe too good, you know. Uh, I don't know what that yeah. really means. Well, you don't care. You know, you just know people love you and uh, whatever else. And, That's the truth. And There's they never do. been anyone more loved than Trevor. Uh, they, they, it's just, I'm so jealous. The golden child. Oh, I'm so jealous. The anointed people, one. People just fawn over him, you know, around here. And here we're beating our head against the walls. And people want me to retire and get out of here. And they want to love on Trevor. But, uh, but it, you know, but this is interesting, though, because he was talking as we were kind of prepping for this uh, episode about – is is it unhealthy? And I, I don't. I want you to speak about it, Trevor. But is it? You said something about. It. Is it unhealthy to be everything in your life be motivated from the negative? Yeah, yeah. That I, you were kind of kind of questioning that. Yeah, I mean, if you're always thinking, and honestly, I said it because in staff meeting earlier today, you said it. You you, you were talking about. Uh, I don't necessarily remember the statement, but I remember writing it down. And you said, if you say this all the time, if you say that you're a you're a sinner saved by grace, then you're always just gonna first think I'm a sinner. Yeah, you're gonna. And you're just gonna stay in that state. I think that's almost exactly what you said, if I'm if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um. But like that's that what that's what you were saying. And today I was I was chatting with a guy. We we had we're having uh we're having coffee together. You know. Oh, barista. You gotta you gotta barista have man, some. Yeah. You gotta have you gotta Check have a the good ARE coffee on if you're that in one I'm telling you, we're buying a lot of coffee in there. <laughs> <laughs> I was having coffee with him and and uh, he was talking about how that's how he actually motivates himself. He tells him how terrible he is at mm-hmm. the things that he loves. And, uh, Boy, it's and really unhealthy. It took me a long time. See, that's the way I used to live, and it took me a long time. But you, you know, my story is uh, when I was a senior in high school, my guidance counselor told me one day that I was stupid, and so uh, I just felt like you know I've got to overcome this. And I had my self-image went from very positive and happy to very demotivated and like, man, I better get after it. Everybody thinks mm-hmm. I'm stupid, which is. Uh, I don't think she really meant that. I think, she, uh, looking back on it, probably trying to motivate you to do something. Yeah, I maybe. think she was having really a bad day. Yeah, but it just set up in me, and I wasted a lot of years uh, trying to prove, to, really, to myself that I wasn't that way. And uh, well, the problem is, you're trying to prove it to other people who never give you a thought. Well, yeah, they don't they, think like that they, at all. They're, they they man, never even worried about it. Well, plus they would say, boy, you're great. You preach great. You're doing great. You're a great leader. And you think, no, well, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, yeah, they're I'm stupid. You know? yeah. They're lying I can't, to I me. can't be true. They're, they're just using me. <laughs> yeah. But you see a guy like Trevor come along, comes along, and you want that. You know, you, you, he, he grew up in the right kind of home. Uh, he got mm-hmm. two great parents, you know, a great home environment. Grew up in the right kind of churches. Uh, had the right kind of peer uh, pressure around him and that's what you that's what we want people to be to say unless you know otherwise you know I, i'm a child of god he loves me and i'm really all right and uh i'm not perfect but you know i'm growing into something that's that's better and i'm starting from a good place going forward rather than so many people like your buddy and like i did i'm in a bad place and i need to get better i, I just never thought about that if i'm always think you know, that I'm no good, then I'll just always be no good, no matter how good you are. Yeah, well, I think comparison is the enemy of all things in satisfaction because when you start to compare, you're immediately saying God hasn't done enough in me or God doesn't love me enough to make me successful or whatnot. And I'll never forget 
we had a training seminar here one time with our friend Alan Taylor. And I remember him looking at a group of life group teachers and saying, you know, there are five talent teachers, there are three talent teachers, and there's one talent teachers. And it doesn't matter where you're at. You need to be the best teacher with where you're at with the class that God's given you. You're never going to have a class of 50. You're a one-talent teacher, but you're going to minister to that class and do great things in their lives, and you need to strive to be the best teacher for that group of people. What can we do to make sure that uh, in every generation people understand the truth of what you just said, the truth of, of what it really means to be under the grace of God and you know, and accept it and I think part of it is that it's really uncomfortable when you determine that you're unique. Mm-hmm. It's it, That can be a very uncomfortable thing. Well, I, well, we tell kids all the time to be unique, and then we tell them to fit in. Yeah, we don't mean it. Right. You know, it's like, we love you We love you being different and weird, and then they get to middle school, and it's like, stop being weird. Dress normal, you know? Stop doing that. You need to be. You need to conform to this image of whatever, of whatever we have in our minds is normal. Is there room in the body of Christ to be uh, satisfied? as a church or as, you know, individual or family, whatever. Now, once again, we're not talking about getting a better house. We're talking about being unique, being uniquely me. Uh, I know I'm not wired like anybody else. And sometimes I really like that, but there are some times that I've said, well, I wish I could, I just wish I could be like that. Yeah. You know, I mm-hmm. wish I could yeah. be put together like that instead of struggling like this. Man, and Gene, I, I love, and Jeff, those, those, those things you were saying, It reminded me and actually brought this thought up. Do you think that satisfaction doesn't necessarily come from uh, the person that is trying to be satisfied, but satisfaction comes from maybe? And this is a this is a question, legit. uh, Does the the satisfaction actually come from the people that uh, that we look up to most, the people that have the highest level of influence in our life? Because, you know, that teacher had a lot of influence in your life, so she made you think a completely different way about yourself. You know, we hear negative things all the time about ourselves. I hear negative things about myself, you do, Jeff, you do, Gene, all the time. But we choose not to listen to them because we choose to listen to another voice. And maybe uh, satisfaction in our own lives comes from, and this is, I'd love to hear what you guys think about this. Maybe it comes from the people that we look up to most. The people that we let have a voice in our life. You know, what you're saying there may be idolatry because uh, uh, I've said it many times because I've learned it that, that, that you're only who God says you are. You're not who you think you are. You're not who other people say or think you are. You're not what's been done to you. And at least another, a lot of other things like your yesterdays are not your tomorrows. You know, a lot of people are lost in the yesterday of alcoholism or addiction or you know, pornography, whatever it is. And, and, and they always feel like that's because that's what I was. That's what I am. They're living life backwards. They need to live from the future back to the present. And they're living from the past to the present. Mm-hmm. And they carry all that stuff with them. And maybe we don't know, or maybe we haven't uh, unlocked the door for people to know what God really and truly says about them. And it's not just reading the Bible. It's this experience where the Lord in contact with them, that voice you're talking about, the other voice really speaks into your life and assures you now that that might take the place of clean i mean it might take place cleansing or mm. redirecting or new mind set new mind share or whatever else I, I i don't know i think but i think you're right that we look to somebody else for the affirmation when they can't do it Only yeah, God it's, knows it's it. dangerous it's dangerous because you know if if i look to someone who's ahead of me in 
the career that I happen to be in, which is, you know, pastoring a church. It's a vocational ministry. I, I can try to model my life after somebody who's in another church, but God didn't place me in that church. God didn't give me his gifts. And what we do, um, you know what we do. We always look at the positives in those people's lives and never see their shortcomings. And then we project back on ourselves where we don't measure up only to our own shortcomings and never talk about the positives God's given us. Mm. You know, it, everyone has the strength and the weaknesses and uh, that that's not, that's not, that's not unique to us. That's mankind. But if we're not careful, we can just look ahead and never be satisfied because we always want to be someone we're not. I love what happened one time. Uh, there was a coach who coached for the Titans uh, who got fired. And uh, so I'm sure he had enough money, you know, had a contract and whatever else. But he went down to a high school here locally, and he was coaching his son. And somebody said to him in an interview, I mean, his son was a quarterback, and all of a sudden they were doing great things because of this coach, you know. He was able to read defenses and whatever else. He was an offensive guy. And somebody said, well, wow, don't – I mean, isn't it really a step down from coaching in the NFL to coaching uh, here in a local high school? He said, you don't understand. I'm a coach. What difference does it, matter? What difference does it make where I'm coaching? I'm, I'm coaching yeah. people. And, uh, and the fact that I'm coaching my son now is just one of the greatest privileges of my life. And I thought, wow, that guy is in touch with who he is. He's a Christian guy. But I thought he – I'm a coach. I'm a preacher. I'm a whatever. That's what I am. I don't have to compare to anything else. I don't have to be in an NFL to be a coach. I love that. But that's attractive when you see someone who's a hundred percent at home with who they are. It's that that actually draws you in, or it intimidates you and kind of pushes you away. You know, you don't know how to exactly how to exactly be around them. You know, because I tell you, I love it, to it be feels around, like you're I love around. to be around people who are just who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rich or poor, successful or you know, marginalized, nobody knows them or everybody knows them. If they're just who they are, then everything gets easy. You know, then you can just kind of relax and it invites you to be who you are. So uh, maybe that's a level of satisfaction. Satisfaction can be an elusive dream or elusive, you know, carrot on the stick kind of thing that will just wear you out if you're not careful. Have you ever seen anybody be harmed by being too satisfied? Oh, I mean, yeah, you, you could I mean, end almost, up not you know, doing anything, you yeah. know, you could end up being, uh, totally, you could end up in a place totally not where you want to be. And it's like, wow, what have I done with my whole life? Did I actually make a difference? Did I actually, is this really all there is? You know, you, mm. you end up being in this place of like, you see, I can't believe you that I'm the interesting word there. I don't, I don't think anybody, that's Trevor's phone, by the way. That was he, on airplane which mode. Which he assured us was on airplane mode. So he's run this whole podcast, you know, so there it is. You know, once again, you know, 17 gigabytes later, you know, I mean, seriously, can we, I mean, can you please? So it's on airplane mode. The Wi-Fi was on. So, you know, I, I got an iMessage, you know, okay. I, I'm just, there you I go. just use Wi-Fi everywhere. He I go, so I can't connected, help it. I folks. Just, you don't, you can't um, understand how connected this guy is. So uh, excuse that buzz. It was only the phone. It wasn't anything else. It was just the phone. Okay. And so I was going to say before I almost lost my thought that uh, Jeff used the word, he said, too satisfied. I don't think you can ever be a, ever be hurt being satisfied. Mm. I think you could be hurt being too satisfied, Yeah, where you just don't have any motivation or you don't have any desire to, to grow in Christ or to or get better as a husband or do more as a friend or you know play better golf, whatever it is. Too satisfied is when you say, I'm going to cash it in right here. Yeah, I'm not going to push anymore. Uh, that's that's just the way it is. Well, well, and I think for me that I'm a little I'm a little bit of kind of a tweaker. I like to 
I like to find something and tweak it and get a little bit better and, and fool with it. And when I feel like I've run kind of to my end of that course, a lot of times I lose I lose complete interest in it because yeah, I, like feel like, I feel like I feel like my 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 ceiling yeah. has has arrived and I'm, it's time to go find something else to challenge. Yeah, your grandfather was just like yeah. that. It was the most amazing thing to do it by myself. Yeah, and when I master it, then I got to go get something. Else. Yeah, I'm done. I think that what you're what you're talking about can you ever be too satisfied? Uh, in my mind, I just keep uh, I keep I keep thinking about people that never get that way and then never get the other way. They feel always satisfied and they have like the people around them that see them for who they really are and not for who they wish to be seen as, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like, and so I think people want to be around Gene because he always, this is what he always does for me. And I see him do it with people, with college students, with young adults. I bring around him all the time is he speaks into their life of who they could be and says that they're really doing a great job right now. Like he said, just, just don't worry about that. But like, that's out there. Um, but worry about what you can worry about now. What can you do now, today, um, to almost experience that dream way out there a little bit right now? And he does that without even realizing it because he's just speaking uh, truth into their life. He's speaking satisfaction into their life. Like he's having fun in the moment. And Jeff, and you, you guys both do the same thing. Uh, I think that's pretty uh, a great question for you. Can you be ever be too satisfied? Because I think you probably think about that a little bit yeah Mm -hmm. I do I you know I think one of the things that in when you talk about it in satisfaction for me a number of years ago I was um, having lunch with a guy who was uh, a really kind of high level ultra runner if you're not familiar with the ultra running scene that's people who run I'm thinking about it yeah yeah it's people who run more than 26.2 miles so it's normally a 50 50 kilometers is, is kind of the jumping off point they do 50 miles 100 miles this guy was was really a fanatic about it and really great. And I was training for a, a little ultra marathon, trying to get something done. And I'll never forget one of the things that he said to me that day. We were having lunch. He said, "You have lost joy in the journey, mm-hmm. and all you're thinking about is that joy is going to happen on race day. And if you're not enjoying and satisfied in the training days, going out for daily runs and." slogging through the mud and the wind if that, if that doesn't bring some kind of joy to your life now stop it hmm. and that that kind of has helped me see that satisfaction it is a destination out there somewhere whether it's in your job or in your family where you're you're working towards but you've got to stop and enjoy the journey a little bit otherwise you might get to the destination and and it's a little lackluster i think you have to have something in your life that brings you joy yeah, because work doesn't always do that, and family problems don't always do. School doesn't always do that. One thing I try to say to these uh, these college students and all is, look, if you'll do the things that you need to do now, that's what God blesses later. Yeah, you know, you make your commitments now, you hold on to those commitments, and you're re- you're actually rewarded for that because that's how opportunities are created. Uh, that's how God changes your life for the better. That's that. Good things come out of of those kind of things uh, that happen. Boy, satisfaction! I don't know if we, uh, I don't know if we did any good, but we chased it in the right way. So, what did we learn, Jeff? What did you learn today? Well, I think it's just this idea that uh, it's not it's not a negative thing to be satisfied. Uh, I always think about what the Apostle Paul says. You know that uh, godliness with contentment is great gain. And when you have when you have that in your life, you know, living for the Lord, and you're content with what He's doing in your life, uh, you can still, in, in my case, be that tweaker, always trying to make things a little bit better. But 
but to be satisfied along the journeys, it's okay. And uh, that's not a negative thing. Trevor? Yeah, I, uh, I, I love this conversation because <laughs> I'm trying to, to be fully satisfied. Uh, I really want, I really want that in my life. Um, I think I, I think this today this conversation has helped me realize how important it is to talk about it. What does satisfy me? What does bring me joy? And uh, and talking with the people closest to me about that. Uh, what have you know? What have you experienced, Gene? What have you experienced, Jeff? Uh, and how can I live a life that um, that reflects something the person I want to be um, and the place I need to. I'm reminded once again, I guess I learned it once again, that we're all different and there's a, there's a center spot in our lives that brings us joy and satisfaction. We're all unique. Uh, the thought crosses my mind again. It's hard to be unique, hard to be you. I've learned that, you know, a phone can buzz when it's on airplane mode. I think that's one thing. I'm, I'm gonna, hey, write that down, somebody. It's an, it's write an that iMessage. Down. An iMessage. Wi-Fi. I don't know what an iMessage is, except it's all about you. It's I funny. When my, when my phone's on airplane yeah. mode, the Wi-Fi is turned off. Isn't I, that amazing? It's know. just amazing. Yeah. He's got a... He's got a. I don't know what he's got on the back of that phone there, but uh, Trevor t- Trevor teaches us a lot of things. He really does. No, I learned once again how good it is uh, to hear from every generation and how exciting it is. Well, listen, you can find us JudsonBaptist.com. You can uh, look at us. You can come visit us. Uh, Trevor does a great thing. It's so exciting. I love to go there every Monday night. A thing called My Local. Uh, you can find out about that on our website. Uh, Jeff and I preach. We alternate Sundays a lot of times, and he's up sometimes Sunday morning, and I'm Sunday night, whatever. We do a lot of great things here. Love to see you. Love to hear from you. You can email us at Judson Baptist Church. We'd love to hear from you. Now, in in days to come, we're going to be talking about some very important things. Does not my life matter if I don't have a platform? That's a big thing. If I'm just me and everybody else, you know, knows somebody, but nobody knows me, does my life really matter? And then uh, we're going to chase this one, which I think is really important. Uh, Why is it so hard to have real relationships with people? And it's not just because everybody's texting. It's a lot more than that. So, hey, looking forward to the next time. Uh, Follow us. Tell your friends about the podcast. We want to be with you. And uh, it's great to be in a little part of your life on this podcast. See you later. See you later.